Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Kim. And I'm Lisa. We have several announcements to share with you, as well as a couple of reminders and a clarification. Then we're going to jump into the Mystic Access Magic Castle, and I'm in the hot seat today. (laughs) So we hope you will enjoy that segment. For those of you unfamiliar with it, we'll share more about that as we get closer to it. First of all, though, we want to begin with a couple of class announcements for you. We have a couple of free events coming up in which you can participate. The first one is our free monthly class, and we have that coming up very soon. So hopefully you're listening to this episode prior to the date of it. It is on Thursday, June 21st, 2018. And this is going to be a particularly interesting class because we have something that we're going to be announcing as part of this class that is going to be something cool. And Lisa can tell us a little more about that. We're not going to actually tell you what the announcement is because you'll need to either be with us or listen to the download to find that out. But we are very excited about some things that are coming. And in light of that, we're going to have a class all about entering text on your iOS device. So that means your iPhone, your iPod Touch, or your iPad. We'll be talking about using the on-screen keyboard and external keyboards and Braille screen input and some other ways of entering text that you may or may not have heard of. And I think it's just wonderful to have all these options. They're all tools that you can use. And I find that over the course of a day, I may use more than one method for inputting text. And so I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. This class is geared primarily toward, as I said, the iOS devices. So if you use Android or if you have a Fire tablet, the exact names of apps and methods may not be the same, but the principles still apply. And so I think there would be quite a lot for you as well. So if this interests you at all, then I hope you'll join us for the class on Thursday, June 21st. We are doing it a little early this month because The following week, some of you are going to be traveling for conventions, and others maybe have 4th of July vacation on the brain and have kind of tuned out at that point. So we want to give you a chance to enjoy your summer vacation in all its full glory and still take advantage of this learning opportunity. Speaking of summer vacations, that is the day that summer starts in the Northern Hemisphere. Yes, yes, on the 21st, so a solstice class. That'll be kind of cool. <laughs> if you want to join us and you have interest in learning about all the versatility in text typing that you can find on your iOS device, or if you just happen to be someone who is still trying to decide, which do I like better? Which operating system is best for me? iOS, Fire OS, Android? This class may give you some clues, too, by sharing the information that we're going to share about text input methods. So definitely come join us. And the very best way to find out the information for joining the class is to join our events list. This is an announce-only mailing list. You can join it by 
going to mysticaccess.com slash events. Or you can join it on any page of the site. Just look for the heading that talks about getting updates or staying up to date on what's going on with us. You'll find two checkboxes there in addition to edit boxes for entering your information. And you can pick whether to join our news list, our events list, or both. So you can join our events list and that is the place where we send the actual joining information, the links, the phone numbers, etc. for our free monthly events. So if you are someone who knows that, hey, I absolutely want to join and participate in the free monthly events, then that is the list you want to make sure you are a part of is the events list. Except when we announce sales and there's some serious website news to announce, something very important. Generally, the only thing we announce on the events list is events. So if you want to join that, that is the best way to find out all the information about the upcoming classes. And we'll give you the time and the joining info. We will definitely be sending a reminder on Thursday. So if you're not part of it, be sure to be part of it by sometime on Thursday morning or probably bright and early knowing me. And we will be sending you the joining information for Thursday's class. So we'd love to have you. And speaking of free things that you can join us for, we have another one to announce to you that is on the following Monday. So that is the 25th, Monday, June 25th. We will be part of the Accessible World Tech Talk presentation that day. We will be presenting on the BrailleMe and the BrailleMe is one of the new affordable Braille display options available on the market. So while this isn't an event that we are hosting ourselves, we are always happy to be a part of Tech Talk presentations and are looking forward to this one. If you were at our May free teleclass, then you've already learned pretty much what we're going to be teaching in this class on the BrailleMe. We're going to be sharing our impressions and our thoughts and pros and cons as we see them. If you weren't in that class, because the download is not yet available, that is another option for you to come join us and learn more. And we'll try and have that download of that class ready for you as soon as we can. But in the meantime, this is a way to learn more and get your questions answered about this affordable Braille display. So join us on Monday. It will be in the Pat Price Tech Talk training room of the AccessibleWorld.org website. And for those that aren't familiar with the format that they use, they use the Talking Communities chat software. So it's not like the Zoom software that we use for our meetings. They use the Talking Communities uh, software. But it's still very easy for you to learn, and it's a quick install on your computer. So if you're not familiar with it, you can learn it pretty quickly, and feel free to join us, ask questions, and we will make sure that a recording is made available for our people as well. So all of you guys who want to learn more can have the ability to do so and we will be sending that information out as well so that you'll know where to go and we'll have a link to the pat price training room in the show notes as well so you can go straight there monday night the 25th if you'd like to join us while we're on the discussion of classes we do want to draw your attention to some recent items kim and chris recently conducted a class on cord cutting options and using various services out there in place of your cable subscription. I knew almost nothing about this subject because I just don't watch that much TV, so I got to attend as a student and very much enjoyed the class. It ended up containing over five hours of content 
and it sells for $39, which to my way of thinking really is quite a bargain. As they were doing this class, they realized that the Roku devices really had not received the attention they deserve for accessibility in our community. So they created a companion piece of sorts and it is a roughly one hour long demo of the Roku, the difficulties and triumphs of getting it set up, the various models, etc. So that is a name your own price item. You pay a minimum of $10, but you can pay more if you feel that it is especially helpful to you. And that runs about an hour in length and would serve as a nice companion to the audio about cutting the cord. As I said, many people have gotten a lot of help from this and have made changes to their setups based on the information that was discussed. And it was not only discussed, it was demonstrated. So you hear it demonstrated on various devices and various platforms so that you can hear what it sounds like. Yeah, and as I like to do when I'm doing these kinds of demonstrations, the set-top boxes, for example, you know what set-top boxes or you know what tablet is being used because of the voice that's being used. So it, it really lets the person know what you're using. Yeah, we're very proud of this class and how it turned out and are really happy to share it with more of you. It was our highest attended class to date in terms of our paid classes and we had a fun, fun time teaching you guys all of this stuff about <laughs> set-top boxes and apps and cutting the cord and how to do it economically. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. So we hope a lot of you will enjoy and appreciate these two new products and if you weren't able to join us live, that they'll give you a really good amount of information about some of the items available to help you cord cut accessibly and affordably and in a fun way. I have one more item in this kind of stream of consciousness, and this is not a new kid on the block like cord cutting and Roku. I want to, again, draw your attention to the fact that we do have available for sale a tutorial on the use of the Orbit Reader. I mentioned this because more of these units are becoming available for sale. So if you or a friend have gotten one of these, you might want to look into this. Now maybe you're one of those people who is perfectly fine with the built-in user guide. And if you are, that's wonderful. But if you feel like you would like a little bit of additional help, or maybe you want it in spoken audio form by a human voice, then we would encourage you to check out the tutorial and it does sell on our website for $24.97. I had someone email me the other day regarding the Orbit Reader tutorial, and the question that person asked was, can I still purchase this even though I'm not subscribed to Mystic Access? Well, the only thing that we have to which you might want to subscribe is a mailing list. But there is nothing to subscribe to per se, or nothing to join, in order for you to attend our free classes, attend our paid classes, purchase tutorials, or take advantage of the free downloads on our site. Pretty much anything you do, there's no subscription or cost 
we do appreciate your patronage and we welcome it, but just know that you don't need to sign on the dotted line for some sort of monthly or annual thing. Yes, if you were going to come to a class, for instance, the only thing you would have to join is our events list to get that class information. And that is free. So, if you want that information, signing up for the list is probably the best way to get it, because we make sure that we've got you in our records and we can help you if you need help. But, in terms of signing up for the ability to purchase from us, that is not necessary at all. You can come to the site and buy something at any time, check out the free podcast, downloads, etc. However you need our assistance on your journey, we don't want to make that difficult for you. We want to make that a pretty simplified process. So you can come by from us at any time that you want. And however you choose to work with us, we are very happy to assist you on your journey. And speaking of journeys, I think I'm about to take one into the Mystic Access Magic Castle. To yes, you are. be on the throne this time around for an interview for those of you who not a throne it's a dungeon it's not a dungeon it's a throne it may have been a dungeon for you for those of you who aren't aware this is our second in this series and basically the concept behind it is one of us goes into the mystic access magic castle as a and never comes out alive and never comes out alive yeah pretty much (laughs) or at least chris thought so anyway we are interviewed by the other two. So you get to learn a little bit more about the Mystic Access team and who we are as individuals and what makes us tick and what we like and more about us as people as opposed to just us as your Mystic Access team and what we do for MA. So we hope you're finding it enlightening. If you haven't listened to Chris's segment, you may want to go back a couple podcasts and check it out because we dragged him into the castle in chains because he was not very happy about going there. Unlike me, I'll be bouncing into the castle because I tend to like things like this. So we hope you're enjoying this series and we are happy to be sharing more of it with you today. Welcome to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. And here we are now in the Mystic Access Magic Castle. And I'm just kind of curious. You did the first tutorial for Mystic Access, and it was the Victor Reader stream. What made you interested in audio creation or production? I think I've always been interested in it from the time I was a little bitty kid. I always have liked audio and the things you could do with it and being able to play it back. I've always considered myself to be a pretty creative person. I was an only child, and I think that being a little bit of a loner kind of helped me to enforce that creativity a little more because I was often on my own playing and doing things and making up stories and recording them and carrying a tape recorder around and thinking up different scenarios to record. In fact, when I was a really little kid, even five or six or so, I would overdub vocals on recordings and call them the Kim Sisters. Oh, how very creative. And I would make little songs and things like that from an early age. So I've always been interested in it. I would conscript my friends into joining me for like theater productions and plays and stories. And we'd come up with scenarios. And I was like the bossy leader chick. No surprise to my colleagues, of course. (laughs) And uh, would kind of come up with interesting things that we could do and play with. And I wasn't very good at accepting input from others at that point. I've gotten a little better at that as a grown-up. It was fun to come up with different scenarios and different things to create. And when I got a little older, about 9 or 10, I got a karaoke machine. And it was one of those dual cassette deck karaoke's. So it had all the sound effects and things associated with it too. There was a Camelot in our local mall. 
And I remember going there and trying to buy sound effects tapes. You know, with had all the different sounds on it. So I would make one cassette be where I was recording all the sound effects. And I would put in whatever I needed for the story. And I would put in music for it and whatever. And I would mix that in with the actual story as I was recording it on the other cassette deck. So that was fun. And having all the reverbs and things on the karaoke made it even more fun. So they sounded pretty good and pretty nice for that period in my life, I thought. <laughs> at the time, at least. I'd probably be mortified if I heard them now, but it was a fun thing. I've always been a voracious reader, so I think that just helped my imagination to continue to come up with things. But I was always either creating something or sharing something with friends and bossing them around and having them join me in some of these fun things. It was a lot of fun, and I'm sure it's one of the things that some of my friends will remember. Oh yeah, we all used to spend summers, you know, coming up with some of these cool stories and etc. That was a lot of fun and very enjoyable. So I think that was kind of my start into it in terms of audio and enjoying audio and utilizing audio. But as I got older, I began to use audio more in the classes that I was teaching when I was a coach. And I was doing teleclasses. So I wasn't doing so much recordings in terms of tutorials at that point. But I was teaching classes and I was becoming better at presentations. A little later in that journey, I began doing a podcast that lasted a couple years. And it was a whirlwind thing because we were recording like four times a week. And it was crazy. And they were very, very well done, tight, tight shows that we were coming up with. And, you know, we always had our notes and we always had our feel of how the show was going to go. And we were often interviewing guests. And that was a tremendous joy for me and a lot of fun. And I think the experience that my friend and I had, we went into business together and we recorded these podcasts. That helped me tremendously in terms of growing, in terms of my presentation skills, in terms of my interviewing skills, in terms of the questions that I would come up with for interviewees. So that was a lot of fun. So by the time the stream tutorial came around and became reality, I was a little more prepared, although not in the field of assistive technology, <laughs> but at least I was prepared to kind of go into that a little more and feel like, well, you know, at least maybe I can do it. At least maybe I can offer something. I felt I could be professional enough to share something along the lines of what was needed in terms of a stream tutorial. The more intimidating thing for me when I got to that point wasn't the recording so much or even the editing because I had done that previously, but the mixing, you know, and actually using the mixer and all that funness. So that was a little bit of a different thing for me. That was the scary part. And also working for this community, which I had not done previously. But in terms of the audio part, I feel like I was well-schooled for that from the time I was a little bitty girl. <laughs> so let's stay on that same thing about the stream tutorial. Why a stream tutorial? What made you jump into actually wanting to do or thinking that it was a viable option for people? Well, the fact of the matter is that as much as I enjoyed my stream and loved it, I didn't. I, I was not someone who was interested at all in teaching assistive technology in any way, shape, or form. I was the person who was always a little resistant to technology. The only way that I learned technology was because I either really wanted to do something associated with said technology, or I had to, either for school or for my job. I was very much self-taught. You know, everything that I learned today, whether it was browsing the internet or learning to use my stream or whatever, I was generally very, very much self-taught. I'm very independent and stubborn, and I kind of have to learn to use things my way on my terms. <laughs> and that usually works out pretty well for me, because I'm someone who gets very obsessive over 
learning how something works. But in terms of wanting to do something in this field or teach something in this field, I really had no interest whatsoever. I was coaching at the time. I was working with sighted clients and I really didn't feel like I had a tie to the blindness community. I mean, I knew some people, but generally speaking, I did not feel like I was a part of things or that I really had anything to contribute. So what actually happened was Chris and I had known one another for several years at that point, And he came to me and said, how would you feel about putting together a tutorial for the second gen stream? At the time, I just had a first gen stream and I loved it. and I'd had it for years and I used it every day. <laughs> and I kind of laughed at him because I said, you, I learned to use my first gen stream without any problem. And I don't assume that the second gen stream would be any harder to utilize because there's material out there that people can find and utilize if they need help learning to use it. What I did not know, and what I discovered as I began looking into the issue more, was that there really wasn't a nice unified source of material that people could go to to learn to use the product. So before that point, I had been doing some co-hosting on the Mystic Access podcast, just kind of for fun. I wasn't getting anything out of it. It was just something kind of fun to do. And we would talk about various things. In terms of teaching for the community, it wasn't something that I had any intention of doing or any real desire to do. But once I began getting into the string tutorial and learning more about it, I realized, well, maybe I do have something that I can choose to offer this community and share with them. And maybe I have something helpful in my presentation style that will be useful to somebody else. I'm a pretty intense personality, but I'm friendly and I'm laid back and I'm pretty informal. And what you kind of get is what you get with me. (laughs) And I think a lot of that came through in my presentation skills and people seem to respond positively to that. So once the stream tutorial came out, I was a little more willing to say, well, yeah, okay, maybe something could come of this. Maybe there could be more to it. What was the hardest tutorial that you've done thus far? The Braille Note Touch tutorial, undoubtedly. Because that tutorial was from start to finish just a couple of months, literally. It was crazy. It was like three months from beginning to end. Getting the touch through doing the final recordings, it was insane. And it was more insane for me because I had not owned a humanware Braille Note product since the Braille Note Classic. So I was a fish out of water. I did not know what I was doing. And again, I was self-taught on the Classic, so I didn't really know half of what it could do because <laughs> I didn't utilize it for half of what it could do. You know, it was essentially a glorified PDA for me. And it was a very stressful process, but I think it was a very good learning process for me because I learned in the midst of doing it that I could kind of teach as I went (laughs) and learn as I went at the same time. So as confident and professional as I may sound, hopefully at least, in that tutorial in terms of showing how things work, I was really learning on the job. And learning on the job while recording on the job, too, can be pretty intimidating. Learning on the job isn't so hard, but when you're trying to record it and make it sound like, I I know how what I'm doing and I can teach you guys how to do it, too. (laughs) And, and you're thinking, yeah, liar. You know, yeah. it makes it very difficult to and, actually and, do those recordings and do them properly. And you're on deadline. with, And you're on deadline. Yeah, that makes it harder. And, you know, for, I mean, I've been a Braille reader my whole life, so that part wasn't the issue. It wasn't, there wasn't any kind of struggle there. But learning the ins and outs of the new technology associated with the touch and re-familiarizing myself with all the Keysoft stuff I had not used in years, and some of it I had never used, it was very intimidating. It wasn't like I was coming from using an Apex, for instance, to using a Touch. I had not used, you know, anything associated with it in years. So it was a very, very, very stressful process. Some of it was very fun, and some of it was very arduous. And by the end of it, 
I was spending 20 hour days on it and let me tell you it was pretty exhausting but I learned a heck of a lot and still to this day at least several times a month I'll be getting emails from people thanking me and saying how much they benefited from some aspect of that tutorial so it's very gratifying to know that it's helped a lot of people and it still gets a lot of people into our community so I'm grateful to have had the experience. It was a journey. And just a small plug about the touch tutorial. It has recently been updated. It is now over 13 hours. So yeah. if you haven't downloaded yours in the last month, six weeks, you can go download it. You'll get the upgraded version. Well, I'm going to switch gears a little bit with my questions and kind of take the non-work side of things a bit. You mentioned, and I know about you, that you are a voracious reader. So I'm curious to know what book that you read, maybe as a child or young adult, perhaps. So I'm not talking, you know, in the last week, but <laughs> what book have you read that you felt really influenced and shaped you, or that was just kind of a pivotal book in your life? Well, I have always feel like I've kind of related to the underdogs in one way, shape, or form. And not necessarily because I always felt like an underdog. I wasn't a shy, timid little person ever in my life. That's never who I've been. <laughs> but at the same time, it's very easy as a woman with a perceived disability to particularly be underestimated or talked down to and so obviously that's something that was never cool with me so I think I have always identified to some degree with the little guy who comes out on top and makes things happen and no book to me really brought that home to me more clearly at a particular time when I was reading it than The Hobbit did and I've always been since then a huge fan of Tolkien I read everything in fact I one of the things I'm giving myself the pleasure of doing later this summer is to finally read the Baron and Luthien Christopher Tolkien book that was recently released because I've been meaning to for a while and have not yet gotten to it. So that'll be my little treat when I'm between projects. But I've always really enjoyed Bilbo's journey and the fact that he was the little guy who everyone underestimated and he was given this job and no one thought he could do it. And initially he was kind of mucking up everything that he put his hands to and <laughs> was very much just wanting to be away from it and wanting to be home. And not only did he end up accomplishing grandly the things that he was commissioned to initially, but he saved a lot of lives and made a huge positive difference to a lot of people, but yet did it very humbly and very modestly and never really thought himself a hero. So I've always really appreciated that book because it's got such a mix of hilarity and pathos and charm and joy and it's a book that's meant for kids but I've probably read the thing a hundred times over the years and uh, when I feel like I need that little pick-me-up I will take my weekend to reread The Hobbit and really all everything Lord of the Rings I mean the whole works but The Hobbit was my first Tolkien and so it will always remain very special to me in terms of that but of course being the voracious reader you know I can't possibly stick to one and I would go back to my fourth grade teacher who really introduced me to high fantasy and the Taran books by Lloyd Alexander and C.S. Lewis of course and items like that that probably got me into loving high fantasy in the first place and would later lead me to the love of Tolkien that I now have along with so many fantasy writers 
So I probably should be crediting her from the age of nine or so, <laughs> you know, with really getting me into fantasy because it's always been particularly that genre, but anything that kind of deals with that underestimated person who makes it good and, and does something wonderful and helps other people and does it while keeping their personality intact and not turning into this arrogant, crazy person. <laughs> I think I've always really loved and appreciated and found that particular style very appealing. And if you add some high fantasy to it, so much the better. You know, before I asked you this question, I made a little bet with myself. <laughs> and I won. I have no idea what I won. <laughs> but I won. And my bet with myself was, she's not going to be able to name just one book. And I think that is the mark of a truly prolific reader. <laughs> Well, yeah, absolutely. And the fact that, you know, I, I could have, if I wanted to, taken it back even further to E.D. White's Charlotte's Web, of course, which was probably my very first obsessive book. Again, you've got that whole concept of the little spider who no one knows is there, no one's paying attention to, the fact that she's writing the messages in the web, sure. and everyone gives Wilbur the credit for yep. all these cool things that are happening to him and how he's so marvelous, when really Charlotte was the one who instigated everything, and she was a very humble, very creative personality. And while I'm not necessarily... As humbled as I should be, I do try to kind of relate to that creative personality type. So I always appreciate that. And I think in both Bilbo and Charlotte, those are qualities that I probably admired from a very early age and tried to work towards in my own life. Well, for this question, I'm going to require just one answer. Oh, no. And if you start adding answers, I'm going to gong you. We're going to get <laughs> the Mystic Access gong. Oh, no! Yes. I'm sure we can find one. I'm, I'm sure, sure we yes. can. So this is a question with a bit of a twist. Let's say that you are given a minute to get out of your house. Normally people say, oh, there's this disaster and you only have a minute to get out. I don't know. Our weather's been too weird lately. I'm a little nervous to name a particular disaster, one or the other. Mm -hmm. So you've got a minute to get out of your house and you need to pick one thing to bring with you. So the requirement for this thing is that it either gives you pleasure and or is a thing of beauty. That's really hard. You know that's making me want to that's really hard. You know that's like drowning my own children, right? Oh, for like, sure. <laughs> by, by making me have those stipulations attached. But actually, it's an interesting question. It's a good one because it brings up something that I haven't thought about in a long time. Years ago, my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, gave me a bracelet. And it's a gold bracelet, and it's one of those bracelets that it's very special to me. And it's kind of one of those sentimental things. And it actually lives in its own box. So it lives in the box in which he gave it to me. And he gave it to me years ago. I guess I was 12 or 13 or something. It was it was a long, long time ago. And there are very pleasant, joyful memories associated with my paternal grandfather. He was the grandparent who I was closest to and related to the most. And he was a great ally to me. And he was always the person who was like, you know, you can do whatever you want. Whatever you set your mind to. And I was the only grandchild, so he was probably very biased, but... He was a great ally, and we had a lot of fun together, and he was a fabulous grandparent. And he got me this bracelet, and I think because of the beautiful memories associated between myself and him, and the fact that it is also a thing of beauty, the memories give me pleasure, and the bracelet is a thing of beauty, even though I'm a silver girl, generally not a gold girl. But if I were going to grab one thing and my house was burning that had to meet those requirements, and it only had to be one, I would probably take that, because... 
it is something that brings back lots of happy memories and it's something that I know that he gave me and really wanted me to have and wanted me to utilize for special occasions and enjoy and so it's sparkly, kind of like me, and <laughs> it brings back happy memories, and it's pretty. So, yeah, I think that's probably what I would grab. You did it. Just I did one. It. Excellent. I, I can be disciplined when I need to. <laughs> Absolutely. And thus ends our very enjoyable, very informative sojourn in the Mystic Access Castle. And two podcasts from now, I will be taking my seat in the dun, dun, dun. chair or the throne or whatever it is. Yes. And I still we'll... say dungeon. No, yeah. no. It's like the half, the glass half empty or half full. Do you have a dungeon or a throne mindset? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for your visit to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. You're welcome anytime. Yes, we certainly hope you have enjoyed this sojourn into the castle. We will look forward to putting Lisa on the hot seat soon. But in between now and then, we really hope that you will stay tuned to the next podcast because not only do we have a couple of product announcements that we will be sharing with you at that time, because convention season is about to gear up, we may have, wink wink, a sale to be sharing with you. So definitely stay tuned. And of course, if you know others whom you feel would be interested in checking out the podcast, please do let them know about it. We would love to have them as part of the community you can join in so many ways. You can listen on your stream, of course, which we just talked about. You can call on the phone. You can subscribe through your favorite podcatcher, listen on iTunes, whatever you prefer. Or, of course, on your A-L-E-X-A or Google Home devices. <laughs> and check us out that way as well. So, either way, however you choose to join or tell your friends, let them know. We would love to have you and we look forward to sharing more with you in the next episode. Thank you, everybody. Bye. 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 The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. To contact us, please visit www.mysticaccess.com. Call us, 716-543-3323, and press 2 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at show at mysticaccesspodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Please tell your friends and colleagues to visit us at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy what you hear on our podcasts, feel free to leave us an iTunes rating and review. We certainly appreciate those. Also, you may feel free to use our podcasts in your own RSS feed. Just be sure that all of our contact information is left intact. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode.